0: Recorded live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Big and Fruity, a podcast for people who like a glass of wine. Sit back, relax, pour out a glass of your favorite wine, and join our host, Mr. Dave AC, for the next hour, while we enjoy some nice wine. Here he is now, the man who likes a good glass of red wine, your host, Mr. Dave A.C. Hello everyone, it's Tuesday yet again, they do come round rather quickly, especially in the summertime, well, I use the word reservedly. Hello, I'm Dave AC, your host of the Big and Fruity Wine Podcast. We're here on Talkshoe every week. The call ID number is double one double two seven two. We go out at five PM Eastern Daylight Time, but that equates to ten PM British sometime here in the UK, and you are most welcome to listen, uh, just me on the call at the moment, uh, with, if it remains that way, we'll go for about 35, maybe 40 minutes, and extend somewhat if we get joined in the room. Uh, episode 54, Big and Fruity, Corks out. Tasting report. Yes, that's the, going to be the main part and parcel of today's show. A little bit of report about a wine tasting event that I went to, but we will get to that shortly. You can call into Tortue, to you. you can use the phone, but it is an American number, so you need the American prefix. But of course, uh, you've got to make sure that uh, it's not going to cost you a large amount of money, being an international call from the UK. And that's 724. 444-7444, or you can use a SIP client. That's something like x or uh, uh, some VoIP over the internet. <clears throat> and For that, it's at 66.212.134.192. And if you have credit on Skype, you can use Skype out. You can come in as a guest, or you can join, talk to you, and then you can come in uh, as a named person. And of course, uh, as well as talking on the show, if you don't want to do that, there is the text chat that can go on during the course of the call. And chatgrabber.com will give you a piece of software to read back all the URLs that I put in and anything else that anybody may type in during the call. Well, I think that's enough of that, don't you? We're supposed to be here. We're supposed to be relaxed. I've got some wine poured out, as always. Uh, what I do with this, I have a wine to hand during the course of the podcast i sip sparingly from it and um, i will hopefully tell you a little bit about it probably mash up the name again uh, it does seem to be that uh, all the wines that look enticing to me seem to have exotic names names that i have difficulty in expressing so please forgive me i do hope that you don't think just because you can't pronounce the wines doesn't mean he don't know anything and, of course, I've said this before, I'm an expert only in what I like. So the format of today's show will take the usual course. After this uh, preamble from myself, I will be telling you about the wine I'm tasting. I will point you to the TwitPic picture that I put on. Remember, we have the big and fruity Twitter account. And, of course, I've already put into the room the links for people to get from with ChatGrabber there is a Facebook, just put Big and Fruity Wine Podcast in Facebook and uh, join us there. If you're on Google+, Plus, there is a Big and Fruity Google Plus page. And there is a uh, indeed a blog, a WordPress blog. And that is very simple. It's bigandfruity.wordpress.com. That's most of the advertising out of the way. Wasn't too painful, was it? Although it has taken up nearly five minutes of our call. OK, let me... <clears throat> first of all, since there's no one else in the room, let me go to my TwitPic page. And I'm going to, first of all, just for a taste, put the TwitPic link in the room, and I will read it out in a moment. It is all in small case. Uh, the wine I've got, by the way, is... Um, uh, it's partly chosen uh, by one of my friends, friend of my son, April, a uh, friend on Facebook. Uh, I'm, I'm not being shy about her second name, but I don't know about her privacy issues, so we'll just remain calling her April. She's a naked wine customer like myself, and she's just become an archangel to the winemaker of this wine. And when I noticed that I had myself being a naked wines person, remember I don't work for them, Um, I I noticed that I had (coughs) one of their bottles that's been in the house for some time and it seemed an appropriate time to crack it open and taste it. Um, Let me see if I can mangle up the name and then I'll read the URL out and then we'll have a little smell and a little taste. It is Nigreos Nigreios. And it's Juro. It's a wine from Portugal. It's from 2007. It says 14% on the bottle, but I have some (laughs) thoughts about that when I'm talking about it. It's a £11 bottle of wine from Naked Wines, and that's £11 with the discount. So we're talking about a wine that would normally retail easily £16, and let's call that 22 to 24 dollars not too sure whether it would be uh selling for something like um 16 or 18 dollars if it was on the american version of naked wines okay now one thing is that when i started to pour it out it got a very very uh lots of fruit on the nose but almost it was smelling so the the heat of the alcohol, it was almost coming up as um, a fortified wine. And so I did have a little sip. And as soon as I did that, I did one immediate thing. And um, I went and fetched another glass from the kitchen. Luckily, I'd only poured a small amount out uh, for this core, But I went immediately to the kitchen and got a smaller, almost a tasting glass. Because I usually use my great bulbous uh a red wine glass, and uh, this is not a criticism of the wine itself, but I thought there's no way I'm going to drink um, a, a third of a bottle, a 250 milliliter uh, large glass of wine of this whilst I'm talking. So I poured out what is probably a um, hundred mils in a a, a sample, not uh, well, a small wine glass. Let's put it that way. Anyway, let's have a little smell. And yes, we've got that. There's an alcoholic heat coming off it, but it's very much getting uh, um, not a dessert wine, but there's a sweetness, but there's very much a sense that you're, you're going to be drinking uh, a, a port, and the Montalado port are some sort of fortified wine. So let's have a little taste. And it really does taste like a fortified wine, although it does have that element of vanilla oak. It's aged, I think, 10 months in oak, and it has nice structure. But I'm telling you that this is a a wine, although I could possibly drink most wines, bottles of wine, in a night. My uh, usual course of action is to make a wine last two nights. Very nice as though this is, and I'll have another sip just to confirm that it's it's got an awful lot of heat. I am suspecting it's stronger than fourteen percent and it's got a lot of um depth, it's got a smoothness in the mouth, and it really is but it is also a wine I feel I want to sip. It is not a wine that one would, uh, you know, cheerily fill a large 250 millilitre glass with. Let me read the. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, and that's not the wine. That's me catching my throat from talking continuously on this call. Let me read out. It's all small case, remember, it's twitpic.com forward slash AR4E9D. And I will repeat that. twitpic.com forward slash AR4E9D. And let's just have a little refresh of that page. Hopefully you can read what it says. It's got a very dark burgundy red label on it. Some of the writing goes perpendicular on the style. 22 viewings, I think. Two of those which are a mine. And um, as I say, it's Nigrarias. Ah, terrible. Juro, 2007 Portugal. I think April said that she tasted the 2008 and loved it. And that's why she became uh, an angel. By the way, I've also found out that this winemaker has their own page on Facebook. And I'm going to put the URL in for that. But if you put uh, Vinho, that's V-I-N-H-O, and then I'll spell the name again, N-E-G-R-E-I-R-O-S, if you put that in, you will find the page and possibly want to friend that page. It has nearly 4,000 followers already. And um, it's got a lovely picture there of um, the vineyard. Let me have a <coughs> read at that. Oh, and April gets a mention. Let me read what it says four hours ago. For now, there's nothing to do but wait. Last year, this time, we were already harvesting this year the only thing we know is that the harvesting will not start before the 15th of september um the phase of the maturation is very determinant we are having big daily uh variations which is good but perhaps we would like a few showers malcolm ben april my archangels if you have some cloud friends. So uh, usually they don't want rain at this time because they're, they're getting ready to pick. But they obviously feel as though that um, he wants to just try and bring them on a little bit longer. Uh, and they, when I've talked about French um, harvests in the past, there are some years when, you know, the harvest, the the they can be much later. And of course, that's part of the art of being a winemaker, I suppose, knowing the best time to uh, to harvest the crop, if the crop is the correct word to do that. Okay, let me also say that um, on this bottle, there's an awful lot of information. And I'm just going to have another sip now. And sip indeed is what I'm going to have. It is very nice, very, very nice indeed. But I I am keeping myself the small sips. It has, as I say, a a little bit on the sweet side for my normal choice. And it's got this uh, very much of a fortified feeling about it. Now, again, it's not that easy, I'm afraid, to read the back label because it's sort of um, gold lettering on a very dark uh, red background. Eight and a half thousand bottles only produced uh, from the Duro traditional grape varieties. Let's see what it says. Hand-picked in 25 kilogram boxes, the grapes were kept intact and taken directly to the winery. This is all good stuff from the reading please. Where they were foot-trodden on stone ligages. This wine was then aged for 10 months in French oak and bottled in February 2009. Wow. Although, of course, it does say 2007 because that's the vintage it comes from. As I say, 14% it says, but it, 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 it tastes as strong as some of the sort of 15% Zinfandels I've tasted in the past. Alcoholic heat is definitely there. Um, I would very much be interested to know uh, whether the 14% is rounded down. Perhaps it's more like 14.6, 14.5, and and it's just put to the nearest 14. I don't know whether there is a requirement to be exactly that. I have had bottles of French wine, certainly, where it will say something as precise as um, 12.8% are 13.2% and indeed on some American wines as well. Okay, that's enough of you wittering on about that. So April, yes, I do like it, but in moderation, and actually I'm going to mention one more thing about this wine in reference to our next week's show, and I'll mention it now, and that is that next week, episode 55, we're going to be talking about dinner party wine. We're going to try and pick between 10 and 12 wines that I feel as though if I had in the house, would I mean, I might have three or four bottles of each one, but a sort of a range of wines, if I was having a group of, say, 20 people come and I didn't know what their drinking preference was, so a, a sort of basic stock of wines that one would have in, and I think this very much would hit one of those spots. We'll have to wait and see ...to next week. That will be, of course, Tuesday the the 11th. It's the 4th today, Tuesday the 11th of September. Okay, well, that's enough about that. Let me uh, talk about the main event I went to. Yes, in Manchester on the 30th of August, which, by the way, was Cabernet Day. Let's see, I think I had a link for that as well. International Cabernet Day. Let me put that link in the room before we start talking. Again, chatgrabber.com will get these links for you. All you do is go to that page, put the um, call series number in, which is double one double two seven two. pick the episode you're interested in, episode 54 for this, and then you can read. Uh, today, uh, this was written, of course, in a blog. Today, Thursday, 30th of August, is International Cabernet Day. And, of course, uh, a lot of uh, different blogs were using that as a, uh, a theme for promotion. OK, well, let me go, first of all, and I will tell you again that the URL of the people that were conducting this wine tasting event in Manchester were Corks Out. So that's www.corksout.com one word, .com. More of that at the moment. Uh, the place in which... Uh, the event was held was right near the uh, canal in Manchester, the Bridgewater Canal Uh, but it was a lovely spot you could see canal barges outside the window there was a lovely um, outside space Uh, but the place itself is called the Castlefield Rooms and uh, the URL for that is www.castlefieldrooms.com and it is open for Quality events, quality events space for Manchester. And it's a lovely place with a vaulted ceiling. It's up to the, well, we were certainly on the higher floor. They do have a bar there, which, of course, was closed during the wine tasting event. Anyway, went with my friend Jack, and um, I did a number of things. I took um, a a couple of videos, one of which, which came out. Uh, pretty well and I have put that up on my DAC100 YouTube page and I'm just going to play the audio from that in a moment and I did do a number of on-the-spot audios but uh, I've got a, a slight confession to make here first of all I do not want to put out any more ropey audio on this call because we've had in 54 episodes now we've had about three episodes where I've had to apologize for the audio quality Um What happened here was that the the room was getting so busy that when I was doing the talk into my microphone, um, I overcompensated to uh, make my voice heard over the general hubbub of excited and enjoyed people in the room. Uh, There was at least 300 people in this reasonably, uh, not cramped, but it it was a well-filled room unfortunately what happened of course was that my voice started to clip so that although you can hear my voice over the the general background noise it was somewhat clipped and distorted and they try and work on that and may play another clip next week for for the moment just to give you an idea what I've done is I've just um peeled off the audio from this um, very short uh, video about a minute that I took and it might just give you an idea of the sense of the, the occasion and you'll hear the background noise and get an idea of, of what it was like. Not that informative, but it is only for one minute. So, here we go. Hi, this is David C for Big and Pretty. And I'm using my friend Jack's camera to try and get a panoramic view of this Manchester event. port. out and it's on the... Uh, end of August and it's actually Cabernet Day. I'm just panning around, hoping there's enough light. Uh, It will get busier later because it's only about 5pm. But I thought I'd take a quick video while my hands are still steady we've only tried about half a dozen wines up to now already had a trying at the guess of the surprise wine lovely venue with the canal outside but it looks as going to get rather dark in here so i'm very quickly taking this panoramic video and then hopefully going to get back to the wines and there we are and i'm going to stop it there Okay, so hopefully that gave you some sense of uh, the general hubbub and excitement going around the room. The actual video itself is on my dac 100 YouTube site. If you want to just search YouTube, the whole title, rather long one of that little short video, is Corks Out Wine Tasting, Manchester, August 2012. And um, it's... um, Obviously, there is a... um, a long URL. I'll, I'll read it out briefly, since there's just me in the room. It's www.youtube.com forward slash watch question mark v equals and then in capital letters J C small F N D E U seven G U Y. And some of those are in small case, some in not. There. But basically, if you go to YouTube and put corks out wine tasting manchester august uh 2012 you will see it so as you heard there the event was actually an afternoon late afternoon started at 4 p.m uh went on till 9 jack and my f- uh, myself and my friend jack arrived there about 20 past four having uh come down from uh we went to around Piccadilly Station via Oxford Street Station and then walked to the venue from there. Lovely, nice day as it was. And then uh, we were presented with uh, a pen, a little uh, list of all the wines and um, a glass. In actual fact, uh, it's, it's... Well, yes, it's got... Let me just read a little bit from the sheet. There were 16 tables, although some of the wines had... Um, some of the tables had... Uh, beers on and uh, whiskies and so on, but about eight, uh, 14 of those tables were wine ones. So, one night special offer, 15% off, plus free, free delivery on any mix of 12. Order on the night and enter our drawer for a free magnum of champagne, and there was also a little competition there which I didn't win. I think I got the grape varietal, but that was as close as I came to guessing the wine. So, um... I also as well as doing that video um, have been working on the photographs I took now they're not all up but I do have a Flickr account a um, what's called a photo stream a flicker account Now so what I'm going to do here now again is put the, U, uh, the URL in the room and then read it out look at this is a fairly easy one to read out and hopefully you'll be able to find it um, it's www Now, Flickr, if you don't know, is spelt F-L-I-C-K-R, F-L-I-C-K-R, so it's www.flickr.com forward slash photos forward slash DaveAC forward slash, and what it is, is it, um, they're all in the sort of main thing rather than being in a separate uh, folder, uh, unfortunately, what's happened is, although I've actually numbered the pictures from uh, 0, 01 to 25, because I was putting them up just prior to doing this call, uh, they don't seem to be in those numerical orders, and I, I didn't have quite the time to reorganise them. So, for instance, the very first picture is uh, uh, O two table 4. And I've done it by table because um, the reason for that is that... Um, if any people who actually went to the event have got their uh, sheets, that was how the wines were organised. Now, if um, I had someone in the room now, like your or one of the other callers, I would take some time going through these particular pictures. But what I'm going to do is go back to my uh, little sheet and just mention some of the... Oh, I will mention... One in particular, I'll go straight to that one because it was my favourite wine of the day and that was, it was a Hawke's Bay wine and uh, let me see it. I think I should be able to see it in a larger size than that. There we go. It's Morton Estate, wine of New Zealand, Hawke's Bay Shiraz. And uh, that was, uh, of 2009, that was really extremely nice. And that was, for me, the nicest wine. (laughs) And strangely, it was the very first wine I tasted, because because I went along, uh, it was on table one, spotted it straight away, uh, well, I, I tell a lie. There, I did taste the mystery wine first to try and guess that. But this was the first of the wine on sale that I tasted. And Morton White, oh, it's Morton White Label Syrah, 2009, at uh, 10.99. Very uh, strangely, exactly the same price of the wine I'm drinking tonight. I put a star against that and the word best. The best wine. The word best I added afterwards when I'd gone round and I hadn't found another wine that was better than that at all. I thought it was excellent indeed. OK, so um, the, in fact, the, the, the table one had some nice wines. They were all from New Zealand. I'll just go through <clears throat> uh, some of the wines that i tasted from the um, different um, tables. I don't think I can put the URL for that one in, but it is certainly um, picture um, picture 23 on the um, photo stream page, 23 Hawks Bay, my best wine is the name I've given that actual picture. On table two, we had wines from um, South Africa, Austria, Australia, Austria, Spain, uh, but the nicest wines on there were, um, well, they were actually, um, there was this, uh, uh, a Spanish uh, Joven Rioja, uh, Vina Vina hope that's right. And then there was a um, lovely um, Simon Hackett All Vine Grenache 2008, £14. Uh, oh, sorry, the uh, first one I read out, the uh, Joven, that was a bargain at £7.50. Um, on table three, these were, again, New Zealand wines. Um, and there was a Cypress Terraces Syrah 2008, Twenty-seven pounds. That was lovely, and the Two Rivers Pinot Noir 2010 from New Zealand, uh, nineteen pound. As you can see, we're talking about reasonably good quality wines, indeed here. Uh, from table four, um, I'm not going to go through all these, but the um, there was a lovely one, and uh, it was very reasonably priced, eight ninety nine. The Pugilist Cabernet Sauvignon 2010 from Australia. Eight ninety nine, and uh, the nicest one on their table was the uh, uh, Mangella the Musician Cabernet Shiraz two thousand and ten Australia thirteen ninety nine. Let me just move on uh, to table five, uh, and the nicest uh, wine there. Well, there were, there were a few actually, but um, there was. um oh, there it is. There was a Trivento Pinot Noir 2011 from Argentina. Uh, Sorry, that's not the one that was the best one. It was the one above that. I apologise. Where's it gone? There's it's gone. Uh, It was the same name, Trivento. It was their Golden Reserve Malbec 2009. I'm not a big Malbec drinker from Argentina, and I'm going to go quickly now with just me in the room. let me pick out a couple from table 8 uh, there's a spanish wine there and that was uh, is Isida La this, let me pronounce this isida la rioca reserva so that's l i z a d i la rioca reserva 2007 spain 13 pounds and i've given that a star as well quickly moving on to table 11 uh, the McManus Petit Syrah 2010 USA uh, 11.99 gave that a star and from table 12 uh, another Spanish wine Porta Prima Ribera del Duro 2004 Spain and that was 20 pound 1999 and um, I realise me just reading these from the sheet is not that entertaining for a podcast. So I'm going to stop there and just say that um, if you did go to the Cork, or you go to any of their events, I'm assuming many of these same wines will be the ones that they will be displaying. So have a look at um, uh, my Flickr account. That's www.flickr.com forward slash photos forward slash Dave AC. Okay, I'm going to stop at that. I would have spent longer on the room if I'd have had uh, someone in the room to sort of throw me questions to give you an idea. We didn't actually end up buying any wines there, but that's because I'm already committed to buying wines from Naked Wines. didn't want to take another contract out. Maybe if my, my friend Jack had wanted some, we might have got a dozen between us. But we were certainly quite happy to pay the £15 that we paid um, I think I sampled just over 40 wines. I think my friend Jack sampled over 40 and he had a a couple of other uh, spirits and even uh, I think he even tasted some of the beers. What I'm going to do is, in fact, that's a good segue, beers, one little piece of uh, health news, our wine fact that uh, I perhaps should have done prior to all this, but um, we will mention it now. And that is um, another piece of health news from the BBC site Uh, and it's relating to drinking in general but it specifically refers to beer glasses and the title of this uh, news item on BBC is beer glass shape alters people's drinking speed it's a study and the uh, URL again I'll put that in the room is this it's uh, bbc.co.uk forward slash news forward slash health dash and it's a long number one nine four three six nine two six. and i'll just uh, read a little bit about it and then just air some thoughts on it and um, see how we are doing for time after that again not good to read the whole article uh it's a study by the way. Um, published in the journal uh, PLOS1. That's P-L-O-S-1, spelled uh, O-N-E. And and let me, I think I ought to put the reference of that in the room as well, although it's a bit long to read out. Let me put that in the room, and then I'll go back to the BBC site. The shape of your glass is probably the last thing on your mind when you're down the pub... However, researchers at the University of Bristol, Bristol believe the shape of beer glasses affects the speed people drinks. Their study suggests that people drink more quickly out of curved glasses than straight ones. They argue that curvy glassware makes pacing yourself a much greater challenge. A group of 159 million women were filmed drinking either soft drinks or beer, As part of the study, the glasses all contained around half a pint of liquid, but some of the glasses were straight, while others were very curved. There was no difference in the drinking time for soft drinks. People drinking from both straight and curved glasses finished after around seven minutes. However, for beer drinkers, there was a large difference between the two groups. While it took around seven minutes for people drinking from a curved glass to polish off their half pint, It took 11 minutes for those drinking from a straight glass. The researchers thought that curvy glasses made it harder to pace drinking because of judging how much was in the glass became more difficult owing to its curved shape. Hmm. Uh, And... um, I don't really know how to answer that in in as much as I I do know that um, when I go to the pub and I'm not uh, drinking wine, I'm drinking, um, uh, say, a lager, uh, the tendency certainly is the place I go (coughs) now is not to put the lager in the curved glasses, but to put it in a very straight but quite tall glass so it looks like you're getting a long drink. And I think I probably do make them last longer simply because... um, You know, um, because it's slightly narrower, when you take a a sip or a drink, it seems to go sort of half an inch or a centimetre or two down the glass, so you put it back. Where in a curved one, you probably have a drink out, and it hardly looks as though the level has dropped, because it's usually a wider form factor. So you probably, ooh, and you have another drink. I don't know really. Let me see if there's any more information on the... uh, uh, the website again. This is p l o s one dot org. Wow. <clears throat> Let's see if they've come up with. Uh... No, they've they've not come up with any reasons. I'm just subjective craving, drinking top. Good heavens. This looks like a degree piece discussion. Let me just read one give you give you an idea of what it's like. One possible mechanism for the effect we observed is that individuals may titrate their drinking rate based in part on perceptual judgment. That is, if they wish to consume a beverage in a certain time, they may titrate their drinking to to reach the halfway point in the glass after half the time has elapsed. However, if their perceptual judgment of the halfway point is lower than the real value, they will in fact consume more than half of the beverage at this point. Their drinking rate, therefore, will be faster. The perceived consumption will affect subsequent drinking behaviour as individuals who perceive that they have drunk little will compensate with an increase in consumption and volume. (laughs) That sounds rather convoluted. In conclusion, our data indicates that the glass shape influences the rate of consumption of alcoholic beverages, possibly due to the differences in the perceptual jump. Judgment of the halfway point of the glass across different glass shapes. Although further research is required to examine the mechanisms of underlying this effect, and I won't read anything more out there. Please go to this site, as I say, it's www. And it's p l o s o n e. dot org. What do I think about that? Well, um really know actually Uh, I do know uh, in terms of um, uh, when I went um, recently for a meal family meal out I had noticed that in the restaurant we go to that we've been to before they definitely seem to be using larger glasses because um, after we'd polished off a a bottle of wine we decided we wouldn't order another bottle but decided that we'd just have an extra glass of wine you know to finish off the meal and um One of us, I think, had... uh, They asked, what do you want, the standard or a large? I think I may have asked for the large glass, and I believe somebody else asked for the standard. And I must admit, when they came, I thought they'd made a mistake because the one that was the small measure was only halfway up the glass, literally only halfway up the glass. So I'm assuming the glass was a 250 millilitre glass And they had got, in fact, a measure of 125, which, of course, was the old small measure. I appeared to have got 175 in the glass, but it didn't look as though I'd got a large glass of wine. In other words, although um, the glass was large, it appeared to me as though I wasn't having a large amount of wine. And I had a feeling that this glass would also have taken a 250 ml measure, which, of course, as you all know, is a third of a bottle. So um, uh, going to Manchester and some of the city centre ones, the small is considered 175 and the large is uh, 250. So I suppose it does take... Indeed, I've noticed that the very fact tonight, because I put this... uh, uh, very nice but sweetish and fortified port- uh, wine from Portugal fourteen percent in this smaller glass this more like a tasting glass I do notice that I'm actually just sipping from it rather than taking um, uh, slurps of it i just have a little taste it is indeed a- I'll fancy some Madeira cake now don't know why I said that, but that's exactly what I fancy. some fruit cake? Um, it's not a dessert wine. Certainly not as sweet as that uh, wine from Greece I had a while ago, which was really was a dessert wine. But this is certainly a wine. I, there's no way I will drink this even in two days. I've got a feeling that what I will do is I will probably drink a third of this bottle at the most this evening. So it's going to have to last two more days. Hopefully it will do that. I may indeed just put it in the fridge to make it uh, last out those longer days, doing, of course, what I should do, and that is about half an hour before I want to drink it, take it out of the fridge. Right, I'm looking at the time. It's gone 41 minutes. That's far enough of me just wittering on my own. Thank you if you stay with me to the very end of this episode. Just to remind you that next Tuesday... That's the 11th of September at 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. That's 10 p.m. for the listeners in the UK. Uh, The episode content will be talking about dinner party wine. And uh, what we will try and do is sort of think of a selection of wines or drinks that one would do well to have at hand at modest to reasonably modest price ranges that would possibly suit... Any query of style of wine. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about having uh, spritzes and, and beers and uh, liqueurs and so on. I'm simply talking about wine, maybe with the odd fortified wine, maybe with a sparkling wine, maybe even with, um, you know, a, a whites and roses and a red. So that's what we will try and cover next week. Hope you will join me for that. Thank you very much indeed for listening. I hope the audio quality has been much more uh, uh, suitable to listen to. And uh, with that, I will uh, play us out with my uh, PodSafe Jazz music. Thank you, Ian, for doing those intros for me. And thank you again. Cheerio for now.